Welcome to the Basic Money Matters Show, where we take the complicated financial parts of your life and business and make it easy for you to understand. We discuss tools and tips to help you manage your personal and business finances. Are you ready to get your finances in order? Well, I am your host, Annette Sullivan, Certified Public Accountant and CEO of Temple Management Consulting. And welcome to all of our listeners today. Very excited that you are here. And we're going to have a, a, a discussion uh, on a topic that applies to many, many of you, particularly now. And that is, how do you pay yourself as a business owner? What is the right way to do it? Is there a right way? Is there a wrong way? But at the end of the day, you're in business to make money. And as an owner or an employee or both, you expect to be paid and you should be paid. But how do you do that to keep yourself in good graces with the taxing authorities and to have the proper documentation around that compensation? So this is all about compensating yourself as a business owner. If you work in a business that you own, you might be able to increase your take-home dollars by taking the time and carefully planning how you're going to pay yourself. Now, like most business owners who are also employees or can also be an employee, you would want to make the most out of your company. You want to get the most out of your company. And so that means paying your fair share, but minimizing the amount that you are paying in taxes. Minimizing the amount that you are paying in taxes legally. So as an owner slash employee, you pay not only income taxes, but you will also be paying both the employer and the employee's portion of the Social Security payroll tax on your own wages and perhaps also you be paying unemployment taxes as well, depending on how your, or, your organization is organized. So depending on how your organization is organized, you may also have to pay corporate taxes. So depending on the size and structure of your company, you may have several options for like putting together a really good compensation package that works for both you and your company. But before you finalize anything, make sure you review all of the pros and the cons and the options and speak with your accountant. These are just some ideas for you to further explore. Now, it might seem convenient to you to simply pay yourself with the cash that is coming into the business. Particularly if your business is new or your business is small 
or your business is a cash-based business, such as a store or a restaurant where your customers often pay you in cash. For example, you might be tempted to simply pull money out of the cash register at the end of each day and, you know, put those earnings in your pocket as a form of compensation. That seems fairly reasonable, but let's talk about why that can land you in trouble. Or, you know, sometimes when money's coming in the door uh, in other ways for your business, you may pay some expenses from that money and then keep the rest. Those money's never hitting the business bank account. Now, while actually taking the cash might seem to be the easiest and fastest way to pay yourself, there are a couple of reasons why this is really an extremely risky practice. The first reason is there would be no way for you to calculate or verify your income tax liability. Okay? You have to have, think this, always a paper trail, an audit trail. So if you just simply take cash out of the business as needed and you do not properly record each transaction, you won't have a record of, number one, your earnings, your obligations, and finally, potentially tax-deductible expenses. So what we're saying is the moment, the moment that cash comes in the door, it really isn't eligible for you to take and start spending it on expenses and paying yourself. It must first be recorded in your books and records as revenue or income to the business. So if for the day you receive customer payments, uh, cash in the form of $5,000 for selling your products and services, that $5,000 needs to be kept whole and there must be a way that you have in place via accounting that will, of course, record that $5,000 as revenue or income for the business. Ideally, that $5,000 would also be deposited in the business bank account. So once you have accounted for the revenue, then you are free to use that $5,000 to pay yourself and to purchase supplies and take care of expenses. So if you were to kind of visualize it, you say to yourself, there is a step one. And the step one is always keep the money coming in the door, regardless of whether it's cash or check, or credit cards or whatever. Step one is to account for it on the books as revenue first. Get it in the bank. That's always your step one. So let's look as, at an example 
of what this should not look like. So Mary owns a, a business and every day she, she owns a coin operated laundry. And so every day she empties uh, the money out of this machine and rolls them up and takes them across the street to the bank where she cashes them in for currency. She banks a portion of this money and pays some expenses with this money, keeping, you know, records here and there of what was earned, banked, and spent. Not good records, but occasional records. So notice when we say banked a portion, that means she pocketed a portion for her earnings and paid some out uh, for some expenses. And then just basically spent the rest. At the end of the year, she tells her accountant that she earned only $40,000 from the business. This number was not exactly right because she didn't consistently do step one. She didn't do step one at all, and that is take all of the proceeds, deposit it, and record all of the proceeds as income every single day or every week or whatever, how often you would do it. So during an audit, the IRS looked at the business's water bill because this is a laundromat. The business looked at the water bill from the previous year and did their own calculation. Based on the number of gallons of water used, the IRS was able to determine how many wash cycles had been run at the laundromat during that year. And using a particular number, $1.50 per cycle, the IRS determined that her business earned approximately $70,000 after expenses. So she had to pay not only the taxes, but interest and penalties on the additional $30,000 of income. So the point is, if the IRS determines that you earned more than what you actually took out of the business, if you don't have proper records, you will have no grounds to dispute the number they come up with. So once again, step one needs to always be done. And then when you pay your expenses, you want to keep an audit trail as much as possible. So obviously, once those funds are in your bank account, your business bank account, then you would be paying expenses via check or some other audit trail method. You want to, as much as possible, stay away from writing checks to cash because there's no evidence of who that's really going to and what it's for. But the bottom line is, your goal is to maintain proper records around what's come in as income, proper records around what you've paid yourself, 
and proper records around your expenses. And that always involves writing checks to pay the expenses or some other electronic method, credit card, ACH transaction, all of those transactions you can see by looking at the bank account. They are flowing through the bank account, which is what you want. The other reason, and we actually have alluded to this already, is that if you were to simply take the cash coming in the business and say, hey, I'm going to pay myself from this cash without doing step one, you have no way to prove how profitable the business really is. One day you may want to sell it. And in order to do so, you're going to have to demonstrate profitability to someone who wants to buy it. You're going to have to demonstrate that the business has been profitable. Well, if you've been paying yourself out of the company cash and not keeping accurate financial records, you risk undervaluing your business, which means what you would have probably gotten from the buyer is going to be less because the record keeping is not what it should be. When we continue to talk about this, keep in mind always step one. And I know I sound like I'm repeating and I am repeating because in 2020 and 2021, when many businesses were applying for the Paycheck Protection Program loans, it was required for all businesses to be able to demonstrate a number of things. But first of all, you needed to have a legitimate tax return for your business, some form of tax return that would demonstrate your profits and or losses. And a a difficulty that many businesses, uh, smaller businesses may have had was that um, they couldn't properly either produce that tax return or the number, the bottom line number on the tax return, they ended up realizing that it really wasn't the proper number. And it hurt them in terms of the amount of loan that they would qualify for PPP loan. How this could actually hurt you as well is if you're trying to borrow money from a bank. If you go to a bank to apply for a loan for your business, you will need detailed and accurate financial records showing your business revenues. Any and your business cash flows, by the way. Any bank, any lender will want to verify that you can afford to repay the loan. So you can't go in and think you're going to provide information just from scraps of paper. You have to have financial statements and those financial statements will be developed from all of the 
recording of transactions that you will do. If you do step one on a regular basis, deposit the money in the bank, record the revenue every day, you will know by the end of the month from your records how much revenue the business actually earned. And as you pay bills, pay employees, pay your expenses via a method that has an audit trail, then you will be able to record those transactions as well and demonstrate those expenses as well. Keep in mind, if you own a C corporation, a corporation, you could potentially use or lose your corporate limited liability with shoddy record keeping. Because chances are you chose that form of business entity so that you can have that limited personal liability. So the reason that owners of C corporations enjoy limited liability is because the corporation is considered a separate legal entity. However, the status of your business as a separate legal entity can be revoked if the business owner, you, stops treating the corporation as a separate legal entity. You don't want to mix personal finances with your business finances, regardless of how the business is structured. If you as an owner regularly transfers money in and out of your corporate accounts for your own use without a sound and reasonable business purpose and without documenting these transfers as either compensation or dividends or whatever, then it could be determined that you, the owner, is treating the corporation as your own personal piggy bank. And that's a big no-no. A court can rule that that corporation no longer exists as a separate legal entity. At that point, you, the owner, would be personally liable for any claims that may be brought against the corporation. So keeping in mind the reason for the corporation is to have that uh, li- that limited liability so that that corporation stands alone and then if the corporation is sued, um, your personal assets are not at stake. However, if there is commingling of personal and business finances and business finances are fuzzy, the corporation's finances are fuzzy, once again, it now can lose the shield of limited liability. That shield gets removed and now your personal assets can be at risk in the case of any type of claim or lawsuit. 
So there's so many, so many resounding reasons why you should take a look at your business practices as it pertains to cash and how you're paying yourself and make sure, make very, very sure that there is documentation that you do your step one before you move forward with paying yourself. You want to have an audit trail. Really, everything, all financial transactions, you should be able to see through your bank account. It should flow through your bank account. Now, if, you're, if you own a corporation, you, sh- you should consider whether it might be more advantageous to receive wages or dividends. Your primary consideration will be your personal cash flow needs and the company's cash flow needs. As a corporate owner, your decision could affect basically how much money you potentially net from the corporation in a, in a particular year. So let's talk about wages. Wages. If you own a company and are also employed by that company, then you most likely pay yourself some wages, just like you would pay any other employee. You would be on the payroll. At the end of each year in January, you would receive a W-2. You would prepare a W-2 for all your employees, in, including yourself. So wages, salaries, same terminology, that's when you have a regular periodic payroll every other week, every month, every week, for your work performed as an employee. So if you own a corporation, if you if you have that corporate entity, then you can set yourself as an, up as an employee and pay yourself wages, just like any other employee. And of course, you would do so very formally. And you have to, because there are payroll taxes that will need to be paid uh, right along with it. So salaries... And wages are a tax-deductible business expense paid out of the company's revenues, whether the company is profitable or not. So once you're on the payroll, even if the company is losing money, um, your employees must be paid. If the company becomes um, insolvent or in a condition where they keep losing money and you don't have the money to pay, then you obviously will have to make decisions regarding your employees, including yourself. Dividends. How's that different? So dividends are another form of payment, and this is only relates to uh, a corporation. If your company is set up as a corporation, a dividend is a periodic, distribution of the company's earnings. So unlike wages, dividends are not deductible as a business expense. Basically, dividends represent your share of the company's profits. It's like a return for your investment in the company. So typically dividends are paid when the company makes a profit during whatever the month or the quarter and etc. and are distributed to shareholders. So you could as an owner, be on the payroll as an employee and receive a wage 
And at the end of the year, if the company is profitable, then in your and you have additional earnings, you may decide to distribute a dividend to yourself as maybe the hundred percent owner. Okay, so the dividends would be taxable to you as well. It wouldn't go on your W two, but it would be something that is taxable that you would have to reflect on your income tax return, but that's another stream of income possible from a corporation. If you own a corporation, it may influence the compensation decision a lot because you may take home more money and pay less to the taxing authorities if you receive more of your compensation in the form of wages and less in the form of dividends. So you have to kind of look at all of that. Okay. As a reminder, a C corporation is subject to what we call double taxation. And so what does that mean, Annette? What is double taxation? What is she talking about? This means that Corporate earnings are taxed first as income to the corporation, okay? So we know all our income is taxed. But once again, as I mentioned when we talked about dividends, when the company makes money or earns a profit, they may decide to distribute dividends to the shareholders. So those dividends are then distributed to the shareholders, you, you may be the only shareholder or stockholder of the company. When you get the dividends, that's taxed as well. So the revenue was taxed by the corporation or to the corporation, and then the dividends are taxed to you individually as the shareholder. That's what we mean by double taxation. It's not a good thing, but it's something to consider. Just a brief, a brief little note on an S corporation. Unlike a C corp, an S corporation is what we call a pass-through entity for tax purposes. And so S corporations don't have this double taxation problem that we just described. All the earnings and profits of an S corporation are taxed to the shareholders. So they're only, they're all passed through. The profits are passed through. So let's say we had an S corporation and I am a shareholder and you are a shareholder and the profits for the year are $50,000 and they are split evenly. And so the profits are passed to both you and I and we pay our fair share on our returns. Another thing to look out for when we're talking about paying yourself. If you pay yourself unreasonably high salaries, that can get you in trouble as well. Pay yourself well for the services you perform, but don't pay yourself an absorbent amount of money. And you're like, well, what is an absorbent amount of money? What's an unreasonable amount? Unreasonably high salaries can be looked at by the IRS as basically 
dividends. You trying to uh, elude paying out dividends. But instead, instead of paying yourself a regular $60,000 salary and then uh, uh, $60,000 in dividends, you pay yourself a $120,000 salary. And you're like, well, what's wrong with that? Well, the IRS can look at all, the entire situation and may determine that you're receiving dividends that are described as wages. And then that compensation will be taxed as a dividend. And you may be liable for interest and penalties as well. So the point really is make sure that the salaries that you pay yourself are reasonable. There are no specific dollar amounts, but and it's all determined on a case-by-case basis. If the IRS happens to look at it, they'll look at the facts and circumstances um, around your business and um, the salaries that were paid out to you. But there are some questions that have been used by the courts in the past to determine whether or not the compensation paid to that shareholder is reasonable. And a few of those questions is, would an unrelated outside investor consider this compensation reasonable? Now, if your business is generating $100,000 of revenue and you as an employee shareholder paid yourself $90,000, that is highly highly likely to raise a red flag because it's 90%, 90% of the revenues are paid to one individual as a salary. Oftentimes salaries expenses run or personnel expenses for an organization run anywhere up to maybe 60 to 65% of the revenues. That's just a high level gauge. Another question that courts often look at when determining whether or not the compensation is unreasonable is how does the amount of compensation compare with the amount of dividends paid? How does the compensation compare with the profit performance? So there are a number of things that's looked at to determine whether or not the compensation that was paid to you as an employee who's also a shareholder was reasonable or unreasonable. Now, there are other other ways to compensate yourself in the organization that are not as traditional as compensation or salaries. You could rent or lease property to your business. You could also lend money to your business for an interest rate. Those are two of the most common ones that we see. The only comments that I would like to have on those is Make sure that there is proper documentation. You heard the term, or you may not have heard the terms, arm's length. If you lend money to the business, or if you rent property to the business, space or any other type of property, there should be documentation, agreements, just as if, you were renting this property or borrowing or lending this money 
to an outside party. You would not do that without a promissory note or a lease agreement. And you would certainly need to have those same documents in place between you and the business fully executed. Make sure that any interest rates, particularly when we're talking about lending money to the business, are interest rates that are at generally market rates. You know, if if you have a if you say you're lending money to the business, a substantial amount, not a nominal amount, but a substantial amount. And the agreement says that you're going to lend this money and charge only a 1% interest rate when the market interest rate for such a transaction is 7%, that might raise a red flag. So the only point that I would like to establish is just to make sure that you consult someone when you enter into these transactions and then also that they are at arm's length. I hope that this information has been helpful to you today and really, really always, as always, appreciate you listening to and joining in on the Basic Money Matters show. Thanks for joining us. And all of our shows are broadcast on hindsightmediaradio.com, where there is always something good to talk about. You can always find us also on TuneIn Radio, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to tune in for the next episode of Basic Money Matters.